Welcome to the teaching ministry of Temple Baptist Church. While we hope you can join us in person, our prayer is that this message will encourage you to love God and serve Him in a deeper way. Well, good morning. I am Pastor Dave, and I work here. I love working here. Why are you laughing? That's not a joke. You know, um, I want to take this opportunity just to publicly thank Andy, our worship pastor. He didn't, he didn't know I was going to do this, but God kind of put it on my heart. And you know what I love, one of the main things I love about Andy is this, is that when he, learns, when he leads worship, he gets out of the way. And that is a gift from God. And I don't know how many times Andy's led me in worship, and I'm just speaking from my own heart as a, as a pastor and as a dad and as a follower of God, that God speaks to me when I truly listen to the words. And today was one of those examples. Uh, I was, we, I was, we were singing, and God actually got me emotional when we sang that song. It says, like a bride waiting for her groom will be a church ready for you. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. As I sat there, and this is, I didn't plan this. This is God speaking to me. I felt guilty because I don't, I don't know about you. I couldn't say that I'm truly ready. I'm not. And it's interesting. We're talking today about our security and where we find our security. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that song was sung. And so my challenge is this, is are you ready? And don't give it lip service. Are you really ready? If God was to come tomorrow, are you ready? Because if you're not, we need to be. And you know, in these next few moments, I have the privilege as one of your pastors to open God's word, to prepare you, to get you ready. And my fear is this, for a lot of us, we kind of, we don't listen and we don't live it out. But if we don't do that, then we won't be ready. And so this morning, my prayer for you is simply this, is that you would listen to what God is going to say to you. Because my prayer is this, that I would get out of the way, because it's not about me this morning. And not only would you listen to it, but you would actually do something with it. I'm guilty of it. I don't know how many times I sat in a service and the pastor preaches, it goes in one ear and out the other, and I don't do anything with it. And I'm not ready. And so my prayer is this, is that you would truly do that because I believe this, that you are not here by chance or coincidence. You've heard me say this many times because I believe with all of my heart that God doesn't work that way, amen? You're here for a reason because God wants to speak to you. And so my question is this, are you ready? Are you ready to hear from this morning? So let me pray, let's begin this right, let's go before God, and then uh, we'll dive into his word this morning. Dora, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the fact that you speak to us through worship, but also you speak to us through your word. And in these next few moments, we're going to open your word. We're going to call out to you. And with all of our hearts, we want to listen to what you have to say to us. And Lord, we want to have the courage to live it out. Lord, I pray that you would remove all the distractions of the week. And any distractions that happen right now, because what we're going to say, you want us to hear, but we know Satan and his forces, his, his evil forces don't want us to hear that. So I pray that you would just bind him and that you would just open our ears very clearly, remove all the distractions of the week, get me out of the way. Because God, we have gathered here today to hear from you and not from Pastor Dave. Lord, you are the potter, I am the clay, 
And I thank you so much for that privilege. In your name I pray, amen. This morning, what I want you to do is this, as we begin, is I want you to go back to your childhood, okay? Can you do that? Now, my question to you is this, is as a child, what brought you security? Maybe it was a person. Maybe it was your grandma or your dad or a sibling, or maybe it was an object. Maybe it was a special toy or a favorite stuffed animal or a blanket, right? For my kids, it was a blanket. How many of you had a blanket growing up? You're a little blankie, okay? All right. And uh, my kids loved their blankies. In fact, what happened was this. They took those things everywhere, okay? They took them to the store, took them to the park. They wanted to take them to the school. We didn't let that happen. And then they would take it to bed all the time. And they loved these blankies. And I'll tell you something. These blankies got a lot of wear and tear. In fact, here's a picture of my daughter with her blankie. Isn't she cute? Aww. Right? And uh, that's her blankie. Now, to show you how much wear and tear these blankies got, I actually have my daughter's blankie. Now, you've got to realize this is 20 years. And my daughter, before I show it, I, went, I got my daughter's permission, okay? I didn't steal it from her and just wanted to embarrass her. But she didn't want me to tell you this. She wants everyone to know. She said, Dad, you can do this, but just let them know I don't sleep with it anymore, okay? Because I am almost 20. So just please, Dad, let them know that. And so I am saying that. But uh, it is safely in her hope chest. So she told me to make sure I take care of it or I will be in big trouble. So here is her blankie. This is her blankie. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw it. Now, here's the thing, is uh, her grandma, what she would always do is she would always patch it. And if you looked close, you can see the patches. But uh, Lori's, Lori's mom got to the point where she said, Honey, I just can't patch this anymore. In fact, I'm not even sure you can call this a blankie. Um, I've tried to get rid of it a few times, like, I'll be honest with you, because I'm like, Ugh. But anyways, my daughter's like, Dad, don't you dare, okay? Because i got to be honest with you, when I look at this, what I see is a rag, if you can call it that, all right? But to my daughter, this was a sense of security. Right? You're probably wondering, Dave, why did you bring this? Now, I'm a visual guy. I like visual things, even though you can't see much of this. Um, here's the thing, is every one of us have security blankets, now, I'm not saying you carry a blanket around like Linus, okay? But what I'm saying is this, is every one of us have those things, and they may be people or things that we run to for comfort because they make us feel secure when life gets stressful. And here's the thing, is they're not bad in themselves, but when they become dangerous is this, is when we find our, ultimately, our ultimate security in them. Just take a moment for a minute. I want you to think about those things in your life right now that bring you security. Okay? It's a car, a house, whatever it is, your re retirement fund. Let me ask you a question. What if God told you right now to give it up? Just to give it up. 
Just walk away from it. Could you do that? You know, this is what I want you to understand this morning. It is so easy to become attached to our stuff and our relationships. And before we know it, this is the dangerous thing, before we know it, it becomes our main focus. And it becomes our priority. Jesus said a few words to a church in Ephesus in uh, Revelation chapter 2. He said this, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and endured hardship for my name. And you have not grown weary. Sounds great so far. But Jesus says this to them. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You see, this church, it does some amazing things for God. They had it all together, but over time what had happened is this, is that they had forsaken their first love. See, this church started off with God as their security, but over time what happened is God was replaced with someone or something else. And let's face it, that is so easy to do, to find our ultimate security in someone or something else apart from God. And here's the thing I want to tell you. It happens so subtly, and it happens over time. And if we're not careful, we wake up one day and we're like, man, where is our security? This morning, we're going to look at a guy who found his ultimate security in God. And this is the cool part. He not only backed it up with his words, but also with his actions. And this guy, you're going to recognize, his name is Abraham. And Abraham, to the Jewish people, let's face it, he was kind of like a rock star because he was seen as the father of their faith. And here's the cool thing. If you read the book of Genesis, what you'll see is this, is that God did some pretty amazing things in and through this man's life. Now, what we're going to do is this, is we're going to go right back to the beginning where it all started for Abraham. So if you got your Bibles or your iPads or your phones, whatever you have, I want you to look at this for yourself. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it, so don't panic. But I think it's really important that when we get into God's word, we actually see it for ourselves so you know it's not me making something up here, okay? This is actually found in God's word. Now, before I read this, I need to clarify something to you so that when we read this, you don't get confused. This morning, we are looking at the life of Abraham. But this is interesting, when God found him, get this, his name wasn't Abraham. It was Abram. And what we see in the story is this, is God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. Now, Abram means this, exalted father. That's pretty cool. But Abraham means the father of many. And so, when we read this passage, you're going to understand exactly why God changed his name. Listen to this. It's uh, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. It goes like this. The Lord said to Abram, or Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Now get this part. I would love if God did this for me. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And listen to this. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. I can almost imagine what was going through Abraham's mind as God is speaking to him. I think there was this sense of terror, to be honest with you, but also this sense of excitement. Terror because of what God was calling him to do, but excitement because of what God was promising to do. And as we look at this passage, I, really, I just want to show you three distinct things that I think are really cool here. Three distinct aspects. The first thing we see here is this, is we see a call. Now, it's not a call just from anyone. We are told here that God actually spoke to Abraham. So get this. The God that created everything we see and experience around us is here calling Abraham to step out. But not just in any way. He says, I want you to do this. I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your people, and I want you to leave your father's household. And get this, get this. I want you to go, go to a land I haven't even shown you yet. Just go. And as you go, I will show you. No wonder there was a sense of terror, right? Because what God was asking him to do was this, to step out into the unknown. But Abraham knew that this call was not like any other call because it was coming from God. And he knew this, as scary as it was, he knew he couldn't ignore it. He couldn't. The second thing that happens in this passage is we see a covenant. Now, a covenant is basically a promise made, and God basically tells Abraham what he would do for him and what he would do through him. And I want you to listen to this promise again from God because I think it's really powerful. It says this, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. This is where the sense of excitement came from. I think when Abraham heard what God was going to do and promising to do, I can guarantee you he was probably speechless. Wow. All the people on earth, you're going to bless through me? That's amazing. And then what we see is this, the final thing, is we see a commitment. God has extended a call, he's made a covenant, now it's time for Abraham to make a commitment. Now, at this point, Abraham has a choice. He can either live in fear, or he can live by faith. Now, we all know this, what fear does to our life. Fear does this, it holds us back. It hinders us. But let me share with you for a moment what faith does. I think what faith does in our life is this, is faith brings us out. Listen to what happens in verse 4. So get this. So God says, okay, Abraham, I want you to leave your country, your people, your father's household to go to a land that you don't even know about yet. And I'm going to do this. And it says this in verse 4. So Abraham or Abram went. He went, as the Lord told him. Here's the thing I want you to understand. I think God calls us all the time to walk in faith. But I'm just speaking for myself. Every time that God wants me to walk in faith, Satan doesn't sit there and go, okay, Dave, go ahead. 
What he does is this. He brings doubt into my mind. He gets me to question God. And so every time we have, we were called to faith, what happens is our faith and our doubt kind of clash. In fact, James tells us this, it says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts, listen to me, is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And the thing I want you to get as well is when it comes to faith, let me tell you something, you cannot serve two masters because Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate, this, hate the one and love the other or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Because let me tell you something. If you want to live by faith, faith demands, demands commitment. You can't do it without that. You know, I sometimes get the impression that commitment is a vanishing commodity in our world today. Just think about it for a moment. Many people don't want to be committed to their job, to their marriages, and even to each other. In fact, I would say this, the key word today is temporary. It's temporary, just for a time. They build stuff today to be temporary. You notice that? You get it and it breaks, right? Oh, we meant to do that, right. Because the word that we think about is temporary. Everything is temporary. You just do it for a time, there's no commitment. But what I notice here is this, is that wasn't the way with Abraham because there was nothing temporary about Abraham's commitment to God because he was all in. He said, okay, you want me to leave my country, my people, and my, and my, my household and go to an unknown place? Okay, I'm all in. Because faith brings us out. Second thing I'd say about faith is this, is that faith brings us in. You see, you gotta understand this, that God brings us out so that he can bring us in. See, as Abraham lived by faith, God made himself more real to him. God revealed more promises to Abraham as he was willing to walk in obedience to God. Because here's the truth I want you to get. And if you wanna write this down, you can write this down. This is not mine. I got it from someone else, but it is amazing. It says this, obedience leads to a greater experience of God in our lives through his presence and through his promises. Obedience leads to a greater experience of God in our lives through his presence and his promises. When we walk in faith, the cool thing is this, is we know that God is with us because he's able to show himself. And so we know that God is with us. And when we know that God is with us, and the cool thing is this, is we don't need to be afraid. We don't. And here's the exciting part. It is through our faith that God actually works out the purposes for our lives. You see, I look around this room and I get excited because what I know is this, is God has purposes for all, all of us. All of us. But if we don't walk in obedience, and we don't walk in faith, I hate to break it to you, but you'll never experience those purposes. And some of you might go, oh, that's so offensive, Dave. Don't take it up with me. That's what God says. If you walk in obedience, what happens is this, is you'll experience him in a deeper, deeper way. 
So, faith brings us out. Faith brings us in. And here's the last one. They all kind of connect. Faith brings us on. Faith actually brings us on. Living by faith means this. It means never standing still. Living by faith means never standing still. And I heard this phrase, and I was just like, ow. It said this. If your feet aren't going, your faith isn't growing. Can't argue with that. If your feet aren't going, your faith isn't growing because what that means is this, is faith doesn't grow in comfort. If you are comfortable, then what I would say is this, is you're in control because you're comfortable. I always get scared in my life. I told my wife this. I always get scared in my life when I get comfortable because I know when I get comfortable, God's calling me out. Because in the comfort, my faith's not going to grow. And I'm not, a, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, okay? I don't want my faith stop, to stop growing. And so it scares me because I'm like, okay, God, I get this. Because I know that I'm in my comfort zone. And I want my faith to grow. You see, Abraham was willing to step out of his comfort because he knew that when he stepped out of his comfort, that's when God would grow his faith. And here's another thing interesting about faith. This may shock some of you, but our faith should never stop growing until the day we come face to face with our maker. When you come face to face with God, you, then you can go, oh, okay. Because you won't need faith anymore. Because God will be right there. But our faith needs to continue to grow until the day we see our maker. And the reason we know that is because, does anyone know how old Abraham was when he was given this promise? He was 75 years old. He wasn't a spring chicken. Right? But God at 75 was still saying to Abraham, okay, I want you to step out. I want your faith to continue to grow. You're not done yet. It's not time for you to be on the sidelines cheering everybody on. No, you're still in the game, and I still want your faith to grow. And so the interesting thing is this, is Abraham heard this call. He understood the covenant, and he made the commitment. Now, here's the big question that I want to deal with for the rest of our time. This is it. How? How was he able to do that? How was he able to leave his comfort zone? Because I'll be honest with you, I like my comfort zone. It's comfortable. But how did he do that? How did he leave his country, his people, and his family? Everything he knew. How did he do it? Well, I think it was all about where he found his security. That's what I think it is. His security wasn't found in something or someone that was flimsy and faulty. It was found in the one who is safe and secure. Now, you guys know when I preach, because I preach to youth, you know, I, I always give them a big idea because I realize a lot of times I'm just a talking head to them. So what I want to do is give them an idea to walk away with, okay? And this is the idea I want you to walk away with. And this is, if this is all you remember from today, I hope there's a little more, but if this is all it is, I'm good with that. 
The big idea is this, is God is more than enough. God is more than enough. You know, it's interesting. I was in my office, and I wrote out the first time, and what I wrote was, God is enough. And the moment I put the period, I was like, no. God is not enough. He is more than enough. Amen? Yeah. And so the interesting thing is this, is for Abraham, he clung to that truth. He lived by that truth. And he walked in that truth. And so for the next few moments, what I want to do is this, is I want to begin to discover how Abraham was able to do that. But I also want to discover how I can do that and how you can do it. How we can sense that sense of, how we can have that sense of security in our lives that causes us to step out in the unknown and to leave everything that's comfortable for us. And so what I want to do this morning is this. I want to encourage you to write these down. Because did you all get pads of paper with uh, sermon notes? Did you get that today? (gasps) I'm the first one you get to write on. Okay. So I want you to write some stuff down. And write these three phrases down. I'm going to give you three walking points. And what it is, we're going to, these are things that we can walk out of here doing. Because if we're not going and doing something with this, then we just wasted our time. Okay. We're going to be able to walk out of here doing these three things. And being able to experience this same sense of security that Abraham had. Okay? The first phrase is this let it go. Let it go. Remember what God said to Abraham go from your country, your people, and your father's household, and I will show you, and go to the land that I will show you. You know, I can imagine what it would have been like for Abraham taking that first step and the next one, right? Leaving everything that was comfortable and secure because he was well off and then heading into the unknown. You see, Abraham was willing to let it go everything that brought him security he simply let it go now was it was it tough I'm sure it was because here's the thing that was all he ever knew but he also realized this unless he was willing to let it go he would have never experienced the promise of God you see God said this Abram go Leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household, and go to the land I'm going to show you. And then I will bless you beyond your wildest imagination. I will use you in ways that you never thought possible. I'm going to use you to bless the entire world. But here's the thing God was like, if you do this, then this will happen. But understand this, if you don't do this, this will not happen. And see, for me, I think what I struggle with, there's been many things where where God's called me to walk out in faith, and I haven't. And I'll be honest with you, I know I've missed. Because God's like, if you're not going to step out in faith, I can't use you the way I need to use you. 
Because your security is not in me. Your security is in what is ever surrounding you over here. You see, things and people that we cling to for security apart from God only hold us back. They hold us back from experiencing everything that God has in store for us and that everything that God has promised to us. God has promised so much to us. I want to experience everything that God has promised to me. You may say, wow, you're greedy. Well, if it's a spiritual greedy, I want, I want everything that God wants for me. And I don't want to be held back. And the thing is, is those things I find security in will hold me back. You see, I would say this, that we need to check our grip. And so my question this morning is this, all that stuff and relationships, how tightly are you holding on to it? Because that actually affects where our focus is. If we're holding on to our stuff with everything we've got, let me tell you something, that is where our focus is because we're like, I am not gonna let go of this. I am gonna do everything I possibly can to make sure this stays the way it is. But the cool thing is this, when we begin to let it go, our focus also changes, it does. You know, it's this whole idea, if we're tight-fisted, we will never receive God's blessing. Because think about this. If I'm tight-fisted and God wants to give me something, I'm never gonna get it because I'm so tight-fisted. But the cool thing is this, is when I'm open-fisted, open-handed, yeah, there are things in my life that I think are really important, that I think that if I, if I lose them, it's do or die. God's like, no, 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 no. Let me just take that away. And you might go, oh, right? But then God goes, look at this. And you're like, whoa, that is so much better than what I had before. Yeah, because you know why? God knows what's best for us. Because whether you believe in him or not, here's the thing, and this, is, this may shock some of you, whether you believe in him or not, it doesn't change the fact that God created you. And so you can deny God all you want and say God's not there, but God's like, hey, I still know what you need because I made you. In fact, you know, when it comes to this idea of focus, I'm reminded of the words of Paul in Colossians chapter three, verses one to two. This is what he says, listen to this. Since then, you have, received with, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above not on earthly things. You see, if we want to experience this kind of security that Abraham had in God, it begins with letting go. And it begins, to, it begins by believing this, that God is more than enough, okay? So, let it go. Second thing, look ahead. Abraham, or God called Abraham out. Abraham let go of everything that brought him security. Then the cool thing is this, is he looked ahead to the security 
of God's promise. You get that? So he found security in his stuff, but he said, no, I'm not going to find my security anymore. I'm, God has promised me this, and so I'm going look to the, look ahead to the security of God's promise. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going to happen, but all I know is this, is that God has said, if I do this, he will show me the land I'm supposed to go to, and he will use me in a great way. And so I'm going to find my security here instead of finding it here. And let me read for you one more time this promise because I think it's powerful. Remember what he said. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Get this. It was in this promise where Abraham found his security. And this is what gave him the confidence to step out of his comfort zone into the unknown. Because Abraham made a choice, and the choice was this. He chose to believe in the promises of God. Not just hear them or recite them as a child, but he said, you know what, I'm going to believe in this so much so that I'm willing to act on it. Now here's the exciting part. Okay? As he kept walking in faith, God kept revealing himself. Now, a little later in the story, Genesis chapter 15, verses, verses, verse 1 and 5 says this. This is God speaking to Abraham. Do not be afraid, Abraham or Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. And then what he does is this. Is he takes him outside just to convince him. And he says, okay, what I want you to do is this. Is I want you to look up into the sky and count the stars if indeed you can. So shall your offspring be. Your offspring will be greater than the amount of stars in the sky. So I can imagine Abraham going, wow. And then verse 6 says this. I love this. Abraham believed the Lord. He went and he believed. And it says this, that God credited to him as righteousness. Abraham kept looking ahead, moving ahead, and kept showing up, and God kept showing up all along the way. Let me give you one more. It happens in Genesis chapter 22. It says this. Again, God shows up, makes a promise. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Why? I love this. Because you have what? Obey. Because he said this, is when we obey, that's when God shows up. You see, this morning, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Yes, Abraham let go of everything that brought him security. Okay? And he looked ahead and was willing to step out into the unknown. But we can't forget this part because I think this part is the most important part of the whole story. And it's this, that God was with him every step of the way. Because I think there was moments where Abraham was like, oh, I don't know. And God's like, I'm still here. Okay. Because here's the thing, is we need security. I'm not saying secu finding security is a bad thing. All I'm saying is this, is make sure your security is in the right person. The one who is safe and secure. The one that is, can help you. 
Because I know, I know that looking ahead and stepping out into the unknown is so tough because it means this. It means we have to let go of the comforts of this world and we have to hold tightly to the promises of God. I know that. But can I be real with you for a moment? Can I do that? Because I want to be honest with you. And if we're honest with us ourselves this morning, as painful as it may be to hear this, the reason why many of us struggle with looking ahead and stepping out into the unknown, listen to me, is because we believe more in the comforts of this world than we do the promises of God. And for some of you, you may just turn me right off. And that's okay, because when I did this, I was like, should I say that? And God said, yeah. Because that's the problem. We believe, in the, we believe in the promises of God, but when it comes to giving stuff up, we're like, I like it here. So we believe more in the comforts of this world than we do in the promises of God. And that is why Paul says this in Romans 12 too, because anything that Paul wrote, there was a problem going on, and he addresses it, and he writes this. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. You see, the reason why Paul wrote this was because the Romans were struggling with that. They just become Christians, and they're like, man, there are so, much, so many comforts here. And Paul's like, don't get conformed. Instead, hold on to God's promises and, and, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I read this somewhere, and it kind of hit me between the eyes, and I think it is so true. Comfort leads to conformity. Comfort leads to conformity. If we hold on tighter to the comforts of this world than the promises of God, God will not show up. You're like, wow, that's kind of drastic. But I see that in this story. Abraham had to leave his country, his people, and his father's household so that God would show up. And I think the reason we have this story is because I think the same thing applies to us. And so if we want to find our security and we want to experience God in our lives, we need to let it go. We need to let go of the things, the comforts of this world. I don't mean go, no, listen to me, I'm not saying go and sell your stuff, okay? What I'm saying is this, is if you find your security there, you just go, okay, I'll let it go. God, if you want to take this, that's fine, because God also promises this, that I'm going to meet all your needs. I'm not going to leave you high and dry. You know, I'm going to be there for you. Like, Abraham wasn't starving. God was meeting his needs. The problem is this. is sometimes we get confused with our needs and our wants. Right? God says this, I'm going to meet your needs, but I'm going to bless you with your wants because I'm a good father. Right? And so we need to let it go, and we need to look ahead, and we need to believe this, that God is more than enough. All right, we're on the home stretch. Before we do that, though, I want to make sure that you've got this. I do this with the youth. I'm going to do it with you as well, okay? We're going to a little review. What's the first walking point? Okay, good, good. Say it with confidence. Good, all right? The second one is what? Look ahead. And I'm going to give you the third one. 
And it starts with an L, I'm just warning you, okay? I know it's cheesy, but that's what I do. Okay, here it is. Lean on God. Right? So, let it go. Look ahead and lean on God. When we walk in faith, there will be moments of fear. And that's okay. Abraham was no exception. As you continue to read the story, what you notice is right away is that, that Abraham had, had moments of fear and doubt, but here's the cool thing, is those moments actually drove him back to God. And over time, what he did is this, is he learned to lean on God and his promises. Now, in order for that to happen, in order for us to lean on God's promises and who he is, we need to know God's promises. We do. And what that means is this, is they actually have to become a part of us. Because remember what Paul said, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. We know how that happens, because that's easy to do. But it says, instead, we need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how does that happen? Let me tell you. How we renew our minds is by consistently recalling God's promises to our minds. I'll tell you something, the pull of this world is so strong, and it's not gonna get any weaker. If anything, it'll get stronger. On us as Christians, on our, our personal lives, but also on our families. And so what we need to do is this, is no matter how strong the pull of the world is, the cool thing is this, is the promises of God keep us focused. And that is why I am a huge proponent of memorizing God's word. Now, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if you've seen me at this church, I've been here for 12 years now, God has done some things in this area of my life because I was like, yeah, memorizing God's word, it's good. We should do it. But now for me, it's a do or die thing. And I'll tell you why, because memorizing God's word means this. It means that I have it all the time. And even though I'm one of your pastors, the pressure is still on me. There are times where I covet. There are times where I'm like, man, if I wish I had more money or if I did this, I did this. And so the, this, this pressure to conform is so great. But the cool thing is this, is every time I begin to worry about my finances or, or what my kids are gonna do or what they're gonna, what's gonna happen here and here and here, it's interesting. Because I've memorized God's promises, God actually brings those promises to my mind. Be anxious about nothing. But in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now, do I have it perfect? Would I have gotten a star in Sunday school? Maybe not. But I know the idea. And that's all I need to know. Because the truth is the truth. And it's in those moments when you have it, in those moments, I'll tell you something, I just begin to refocus. Okay, I got it. This is what it is. And it's God saying to me, Dave, no, it's okay. Because remember, I promised this. And I'll tell you something, there are stuff I memorized that I'm like, I didn't even know I knew that. But it's making sure because I understand that the, the pull of the world is so strong and I want to remain focused. And the only way I can remain focused is if I understand God's promises. I need to anchor myself to it. And I'm not coming down on anyone. I'm just speaking from where I am at as a follower of Christ who wants to finish well, and who wants to experience everything that God has in store for me. So, 
what I want to do this morning as we wrap things up is I want to give you a promise of God that you can actually start with. And the cool thing about this promise is it actually talks about what it actually looks like to lean on God. And when I say it, you're going to go, I memorized that in Sunday school. You probably did. It's Proverbs 3. Do you even know where it is? 5 and 6. It says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Now the cool thing is this, is as you look at this story, Abraham lived this out. He did. When God told him to leave his country, to leave his people, to leave his household, he trusted God with all of his heart. How do we know that? Because he actually went. And even though he may not have understood it or total sense, it's like, you want me to leave and go where? I don't know yet. I know, but I'll show you later. It's like, okay. And even though it didn't make sense to him, here's the thing, is Abraham didn't lean on his own understanding because if he had, he wouldn't have gone. And then what he did is this, is Abraham submitted to God in all of his ways when he was actually willing to leave everything behind. And here's the cool thing. As Abraham walked in faith, guess what? God made his paths straight. Now, let me understand this. He didn't always make them great. Because we think, oh, if we follow God, it's going to be a bunch of roses and unicorns and rainbows. Well, no, that's not going to happen. Okay? But what's going to happen is this, is he's going to make your path straight. He made Abraham's path straight. It wasn't always great, but the cool thing is this, is that God was with him every step of the way. You read the story. Abraham messed up every so often. God was always faithful. He was always there. You see, I believe when we truly embrace the truth that God is more than enough and we find our total security in him, then I believe this, that we will be able to live out these verses in our life. I believe that. Now, let me close by asking you a simple question. And it's this. Where is your security? I'm going to stop for a bit and let you think about that. Where is your security? Right? Is it in this? Because I'll tell you something, as crazy as it is when I show this blanket, and it's not even a blanket anymore, the things that you put your faith in that are apart from God, that's what's going to happen to them. They're going to come to an end. So, is your faith in this, or is it in this? Because you gotta get this. This is flimsy and faulty. This is safe and secure. Because when it comes to our security in life, listen to me, please listen to me, God is more than enough. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the fact that you love us and you care for us and that you're so patient with us. And Lord, I know that you have great things in store for each one of us here. But Lord, I also know this, is that fear holds us back so many times. 
Lord, I pray that as we looked at the example of Abraham today, that we would learn many things. That we would, we would go home and really begin to ask the question, you know, where is our security? And if our security isn't found in you, Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to make those changes in our life. Because if we're not walking in faith, if we are in our comfort zones, our faith will not grow. And you will not show up the way that you want to show up in our lives. And so I pray that what we talked about today, what you challenged us with, we would not be able to forget about until we make it right. Because Lord, I know you've got great things in store for each one of us. I pray with all of my heart that our fear wouldn't hinder it that we would step out in faith, that we would let it go, that we would look ahead, and that we'd lean on you. And we pray, amen.